Welcome to the Sway Effect. A new podcast series featuring the innovators, disruptors, movers, and shakers that are shaping the marketing and communications industry today. I'm Jennifer Risi, the founder and president of the Sway Effect. As many of you know, the Sway Effect knows how to create trends, shape opinions, and drive behavior. Together, we will explore in this podcast what's now and what's next in our industry, how we connect brands with industry experts, media, and influencers the world over. And thank you for joining us for the third installment of the Sway Effect podcast. It's been a while since our last podcast, and my New Year's resolution is to do better and to be more consistent with the podcast. And so I'm going to aim to do this monthly in 2021. So stay tuned. This month has been big for us as we continue to win exciting new business. And most recently, we were nominated by PR Week as a finalist for Outstanding Boutique Agency of the Year. Not bad for being your first year out. But let's cap all, let, let's get to the conversation today and capping off an even, a great month. I'm excited to have today with me Sanu Singh. Sanu is usually on the other side of this conversation asking the questions. Sanu and I have been friends for a long time for when Sanu was at the drum and I was at Ogilvy um, and we became fast friends. And so as, a, as the podcast to round out the year, I reached out to Sanu because she has an exciting new venture she's working on. And I wanted to have a conversation with her. So Sanu, welcome to the podcast. Thank you. This is going to be such fun because it's you and I. And also thank you for uh, flipping this on its head. As you said, this is obviously not my my uh, comfort zone. It's usually me asking the questions and and you being put on spot. But, but it's the other way around. And also, can I say huge congratulations as well? on everything that the Sway Effect has, has achieved so far as well. So really well done. Thank you, my friend. I remember I saw you right when I first started in London when I was with my first client, the World Travel and Tourism Council, and you took me to lunch. Um, what was that, at Paul Ramsey's restaurant, I believe? It was at, at Gordon Ramsay's restaurant. Gordon Ramsay, sorry, oh my God, I made myself sound so ignorant. But yes, at Gordon Ramsay's restaurant, and he was there and he didn't tell us hello. <laughs> he didn't, and we, we I, I remember I did go and knock at his door for you, didn't I? Uh, but he wasn't having it, he wasn't coming out. <laughs> but I did try, yes, I, I had my... my, my journalists and me. Um, so all of that came out for you. So I did try for you, Jen, I did. I will always remember, you know, in the first couple of months when I started the company, you know, the people that were there and it was amazing that the my first client took me to London and you took me to lunch and we had a great time. So uh, I'll always remember that. And you're always a very near and dear person to me. Oh, thank you. And I cannot wait for travel to get started as well so that I can come to New York and see you and you can come to London and see me. That would be great fun. That would be amazing. Yeah. So tell me, what is going on? I know that you've left the drum. Um, so tell everybody what you've been up to, what, what you're comfortable talking about. Yes, I mean, I'm always comfortable talking about most things, as you know, Jen. Um, so uh, I have started a business called uh, Creative Salon with uh, the one and only um, Claire Beale, um, the advertising uh, queen of our industry. Uh, and as you know, she was made redundant from campaign uh, recently. And this this all happened during lockdown. And I think 
as with a lot of people, that kind of epiphany of all these sort of the, the, the changes that impacted so many of us. And of course, you know, quite, quite tragic for a lot of people as well. But I think a lot of us found ourselves in, in that kind of space as to we wondered what exactly are we, are we doing with our lives and what is it that we want to do? And the thing that, and, and I, I before, before the drum, I was working a campaign. So I did know um, Claire. And, and even before that, because she's been around 30 years, I've been around for 20 years, we were arch uh, rivals. So we were each other's nemesis as well. So uh, we were on nodding arrangements with each other. We would just acknowledge, just about acknowledge each other um, uh, at events. Uh, but obviously then we started working together and then at the drum um and then as i said you know started talking about what 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 is it that that we that both of us want and i think we were having conversations with ourselves individually at that point and then we were brought together by a lot of industry friends and the one thing which really um sort of is is attractive for both of us and which did really bring us together was our love and passion for the industry and its people for us it's never been like a job as such because we've grown up with these people we've been mentored by these people we we love the industry for what it is i mean it's full of as you know i mean don't need to really tell you it's full of such talented clever yeah. people trying to make that change and and change behaviors of, of people um it's it's very exciting for for both of us and then um we we obviously um still locked down we're meeting up in parks and um and having these conversations as to what exactly we're doing and we and um uh, hence the business cre um, creative salon salon little bit of history lesson is, is actually a gathering of people held by an inspiring host. That's what it is. And in the, um, the 17th and 18th century France, what it was was that it played a very, very critical role in the cultural and intellectual development and led to the Enlightenment, Enlightenment era. And these salons were run by women. Uh, and these were aristocratic women, which obviously we are not, aristocratic wealthy women who ran salons, but they were the ones who drove the agenda. They were the ones who moderated the conversations. And that's, that's the whole idea behind this. So really what Creative Salon is going to be is an exclusive group of senior people from within the industry that we think are interesting enough and with all the challenges that I don't need to spell out, They'll be served by the salon gatherings, the salon dinners, which we are going, Claire and I are going to host. And with it, we will also uh, give uh, some conciliary, some consultancy services, and there will be content platform. And um, only, uh, well, we announced on Monday, we announced quite recently that we've appointed um, Jeremy Lee uh, from campaign as our editorial Hello. director. Uh, so um, it's, you know, coming together of three, three people who really believe in what we're doing because we actually enjoy, enjoy the industry, uh, very much like you do. We, we enjoy the people that we've always worked with. We enjoy what we write about it. And, and the whole idea is we would like to celebrate and really champion the leaders um, uh, that we have in our midst. Uh, so leaders, not just CEOs, but they could be strategists and creative leaders. So looking at it in its entirety. And that's that's the idea. So we, we hopefully will launch um, uh, formally 
in um, April um, next year. So um, yeah, lo lo lots of work happening in the background. I can tell you that. That that is so exciting. There's so much in what you just said. First, you know, seeing you and Claire come together. Obviously, I'm Instagram friends with both of you, so I <laughs> see from afar you guys in the UK, me in New York. I see that there's you guys are working together, and I've just been watching what you both have been doing. And then I saw that you formed this organ, this company, Creative Salon, and I wanted to understand what it was because you know, seeing as you said, folks like yourselves who have been competing, but also in the same circles for so long. That's what's, I think, the coolest part about the reinvention of our industry right now is that everyone's taking on new and different roles. Things mm -hmm. are getting mashed up in new and different ways. Yeah. And then I saw Jeremy was brought on and I'm literally like, it's all the good people that have been driving our industry. And the three of you have really been such advocates for the strength of this industry yeah. for so long. Yeah. Have you all three come together to now could put a new venture together. I don't see how it's not going to be successful. <laughs> well, thank you. And I quite like the word good. I think it's quite underused in the industry, isn't it? Um, and not only do we believe in the business and, and you must have found this because obviously with the sway effect, you've been working with partners, isn't it? Partnerships is what actually drives your business yep. and is growing your business. It's that, that, that sense of working with the people that you really enjoy you know, people that you can have at your own dinner table. And, and, and that sense of generosity, I think, is so much more important because um, especially, especially right now, what the one thing that we've realized, and, and it's, it's not sort of just personal, but professionally as well, and in the, in the big sort of wider world, of whether it's the economy, whether it is a politics, or whether it's, it's businesses and brands, that capacity for compassion, I think it's so, so important. Um, and it's, it's, it's shining a light on that. And, and for lots of us who find ourselves now in, in uh, and are blessed enough to find ourselves in that space where we, we, we allow ourselves to work with those kind of people who share the same values, yeah. that's very, very important, I think. I completely agree. And, and I think to your point, everything built on partnership and collaboration. I mean, with Sway, I wanted to work with people who, yes, have the same values and same purpose-driven work that I do, but also who know things that I don't know. I mean, some of the level of work that we've been doing for some of our clients during this time, which has been so unprecedented, it's honestly been some of the best work I've ever seen being done. And it's watching like bringing in a data analytics scientist and machine learning expert to one of my traditional healthcare clients to reinvent how they work. It's like mind boggling, but the work that's coming out of it, first of all, it's, it's awesome work. And I, through the process, I'm getting to learn how to do something different when I can't even see anybody. Yeah. So I think though, you know, the level of collaboration, partnership, the goodness, as you said, that I'm yeah. seeing come out in people right now. Um, I've socially distanced, had dinners with many of my senior colleagues at other agencies or other folks who've left big agencies to go start their own. Mm. It's a whole different dynamic right now. And I think, you know, you guys creating something like the creative salon. I used to do salon events with my clients all the time, and I still do. And I think that's the best way for ideas and for great work 
to come out is just yes. by bringing the right people together. I think yes. it's exactly spot on. Yeah. And also, I think there's another thing you just touched upon is that fact about learning from others as well. I think which is so, so, so almost business critical, because if you get to that, you know, because you can almost get to that that level of hubris when you say, actually, I know what I'm doing. I know, you know, and then you could and when you get to that point where you, you think that you can do a lot of this in your sleep, I think that's when you need to shake yourselves up and say, actually, I'm not learning anything. Oh my God, that that needs to change. And I think that's what is really interesting for now, from two to now the three of us as well, is that not only do we of course love each other, but we greatly admire and respect and have that sense of actually, oh my God, I didn't, I this bit I didn't know and this I'm learning from you. I think very important. And, and as you say about the salons, the, the thing that is most important, because we've had obviously because of the, the lockdowns and all of that, we did have, we've done, um, when we first launched, we had one salon dinner with a network agency chiefs uh, there were eight of them around the table and the idea of learning was so important because in a very intimate space where there isn't that kind of agenda where you know so it's 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 your own peer group no one is selling no one is trying to poach anybody else's clients but they are talking about the very sort of real challenges you know and 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 obviously the three most important challenges right now are people place profits in a way. And for them to actually talk about how it's affecting and impacting each of them individually and what they did right or what they did wrong and to be sharing those experiences, that's so powerful. Um, and, I, and, and you're right, we need more of that, we really do. So what, what is your goal? What, what is your goal? What is your mission for what you hope Creative Salon will achieve? Um, yeah, and no, that's that's an interesting question because the goal really is, um, uh, and would this sound a bit facetious? It isn't. I don't think so because um, I we we started with the whole idea of what is it that makes us happy about the industry. Right. So, like I was saying earlier, you know, we do like, and as you said, you you, you follow us on Instagram and see us with various people having fun. Yeah. Um, also, you know, doing a bit of work with that as well. But but it it is the advertising industry, it's the marketing industry. Uh, so we are quite privileged to be working in that industry. And the goal was actually, what is it that we want to do? We don't want to retire. Neither of us. Um, well, can well, first of all afford to retire. And definitely we are not at the point that we would like to retire either. We would quite like to engage with these people, you know, hang out with these people. And um, then of course there's a love of writing. We would, and 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 we, we our, our brains are now, uh, we, we, we like to analyze and we've been trained enough to, mm -hmm. to analyze well and to have a point of view. And that would be the the goal really is to bring the industry together, uh, try and get the industry together to solve some of the, obviously we won't have all the answers, but to be able to influence um, as to how the next sort of future shaping uh, shape of the industry looks like. And also, I think that, uh, and you know, both of us have, have worked in different um, news organizations, uh, news uh, trade organizations for such a long time. In the last few years, and and I think you and I have talked about this as well. You know, that sense of self-flagellation has yeah. 
increased so much. Yes, of course, there are ills in our industry, but it's no worse than, than, than any other industry. Right. And we are making some progress, albeit little, but, but that it's the level, that noise of everything that's bad with the industry. Um, and that sort of woke washing that seems to be happening is, can be so frustrating because there's some real good people that still exist in the industry and really do want to want want to change, but at the same time making sure that that their shareholders, stakeholders, all of that, you know, that that profit we still and that means that there's there's money going into the economy as well. So I I, I think just as much as people are important, you know, the, the whole co- it needs to be looked at within the context. So this was such a long rambling answer. I don't know whether it did, but but it's the the idea is to 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 be. Uh, to influence the the almost the next iteration of what the industry would look like, which is almost very much like what the sway effect wants to be as well, because you know you're trying to be different than sort of what another PR agency would be. Yeah, because to me, as you've said, it's it's all about talent. It's all about having the right talent. It's always been that way when whether a brand hires X agency or Y agency, it's about the people they connect with, the ideas, the good work. What I think is needed with what you're doing and what Claire, Claire and Jeremy are doing, and please tell them I said hello, by the way, I will. Uh, is the fact that it's something rooted in good. I think our industry got to the point of wanting the headlines and there was a lot of bad behavior, but yes. there was also a lot of good behavior. Yes. And I think it got overshadowed. And I think, I hope, because I'm one of these optimistic people, I believe (laughs) that everything happening right now is happening for a reason with COVID and everything. And it hopefully will help us to do a reset in the fact that the good that we had, we need to double down on. And the bad behaviors will hopefully either be handled and wither away or the people that were those people, they're no longer going to be around. But I think that we need to focus on solutions. We need to focus on yeah. how we're all going to work together. And, and that's how I built Sway, just like how you guys are building the creative salon. It's it's about collaboration, do mm-hmm. good work, work with work with great brands, and just cut the bullshit. Yes, and, absolutely. And, that, and, and that's literally, I don't spend my day anymore having to manage things. Yes. I'm doing good work now, which is... Amazing. Yes. And and also be in that space where you have the flexibility and you allow yourself to work with only the people or, or businesses you, you want to work with as well. Um, that's very empowering, I think. And and I'll, I'll tell you from my own experience too, like even with creating Sway, there's been some things that have worked and some things that haven't. Yeah. And it doesn't matter if you're big or small, it's the same learning lessons in any situation. Yeah. Yeah. But I think... In times like this, you gravitate to the people that have same values, same purpose, and are just the people you feel that you have a connection with who are yeah. who are good. Because to your point, Sanu, there are so many good people in our industry. And I think it got overshadowed by the self-aggrandizing, I'm amazing, look at us, blah, blah, blah. And there's no room for that anymore. And no, so I- there isn't. There isn't. And I think you're right, you know, because also the thing is that, that, you know, this this moment of reset, even for those people who didn't really quite believe in that, I think 
they, they, they're not left with any choice but to reset because the changes that are happening, the shifts that are happening, is, they're no small shifts. They're so bloody huge now that there is, there is nothing else to do but to be part of almost that new wave. You know, there's a new way of doing things and, and some, of it, some of it would be fundamentally very different and some of it would be reset as well. You know, no one's reinventing the wheel, but I think it has made people sort of almost pause mm-hmm. a little bit and reflect as to what's next. I agree. Uh, so relating to what you're hearing and what's next, so you talk to leaders in the industry all the time. Mm-hmm. What What is the climate right now for the folks listening to this podcast who want to know what, what's going on beyond what's happening in their direct orbit? Mm-hmm. Um, what, what are some things you're hearing? What are some observations you're seeing right now relating to the state of our industry? Yeah. So um, I, I think I'd, I'd said that right at the onset, the two biggest challenges obviously are, are people and places mm-hmm. and talent uh, is still a huge uh, challenge, I suppose, for for people. But also there is this, uh, this question over, uh, there was a set of people, a group of people who were quite almost comfortable with the whole lockdown and therefore working from home. Uh, and some of us were lucky enough to be working in spaces which allowed us to do that and not be sharing Wi-Fi or rooms or whatever that might be uh, with other people. So, you know, there, there was that. Then obviously there were lots of lots of people who who kind of missed the 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 buzz of commuting and the buzz of meeting other people um space outside their homes that allowed them to think i think that's quite you know how do you preserve those kind of ways of of learning for well especially new talent that's that's coming into our industry because again uh, uh, you know I'm not trying to preach the converted but the the one thing that really sort of is quite unique about our industry is the osmosis that's what that's what you know yep. um, sort of sparks that creativity and and that's something quite different and um and that's what is it makes an industry so special so what does that mean when your your teams are so displaced how do you do you bring them together and of course there's also this whole uh debate that's going around especially is this going to uh mean um, or have a negative impact on women with children especially because you know in in lockdown um, uh, many women found that they had to do both childcare and and work as well so you know whether this crisis will almost sort of undo those years of gender equality or whatever we've achieved uh, is is probably we should be slightly anxious about it because then at least we know that we can do something about about that um, and then obviously, you know, offices, what, what makes an office space? If, if people are having to work in their own home environments, how, how, is, how are companies looking after the well-being of their people? What does that mean? Um, and, uh, you know, and this is not a side issue, slightly, slightly connected to, to this. And I was, I was, I've been talking to a couple of marketers uh, re- uh, recently because uh, Creative Salon actually launches the um, uh, content platform launches with uh, the top 50 uh, creative marketers and uh, by creative I don't mean people who have done big badass um, TV work mm-hmm. but talking about uh, marketers who have that creative muscle 
mm. looking at their business, overall business, and you know their sort of their approaches have been fresh enough for us to consider them. So I've been talking to a lot of marketers and sort of talking about you know teams, displaced team, people, uh, talent, all of that. Uh, in housing has been in the news a lot, and and it's interesting that when you talk to the senior marketers, the appetite for in housing does not seem to be as great as surveys seem to suggest. Because, uh, I mean, surveys where people say something, whether or not they would do it is, is another question, isn't it? Um, and they, you know, the, the marketers quite like the whole thing of what an agency actually means. Yeah. You know, it's, the, it's the whole theatre. I mean, there was a reason why they're doing marketing and not being an accountant. Um, uh, so they 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 still would like to have that kind of special bond relationship with the agencies. Otherwise, it'll become like any other supplier relationship. You know, the the ones that supply the the the, the plants or the staplers to the office, and they're really worried that it might just get to that if agencies kind of sort of have this reckoning moment with, where they say that offices are dead. And I, I, I don't think that's going to happen. I think that that's almost quite a stupid statement to make because there'll be different kinds of working. But um, And, and uh, of course, the, the other thing which especially leaders, agency leaders are, are talking about is is the profits, you know, what happens to the bottom line, what is happening to the margins and what are they going to do, um, especially if if not in quarter one, quarter two of, of next year, because hopefully by that time, we will all get uh, vaccinations against um, COVID-19, but the economy will not be. Right. Uh, so you know what what do you, what kind of conversations do you start having with your clients then, you know, if there isn't an abundance of of opportunities, how do you create those opportunities? What will then that mean for the agency structures and models, um, and uh, and and especially network agencies? Um, there is that level of angst, as I'm sure you must be seeing as well, as to, you know, how top heavy are those? And, you know, what if also if say, well, next year, of course, there won't be another South by there is not going to be another CES question marks over can. So for two years, if you don't have all these these big events, big calendar events and you haven't been, how did that impact your business? If very little, what does that mean? In, in the com- coming years. Um, those are s- some quite big fundamental questions of the very being of our industry and how that might change how we work. Right. Uh, I, I think it would be absolutely fascinating, which is why I think going back to how we are trying to do salons is, is making sure that we get these peer-to-peer Mm-hmm. Um, uh, uh, business leaders or, or, or leaders of, of, of different um, with different stripes on come together and try and bring their problems to the table and see if they can get to any kind of solutions. I, I couldn't agree more with you. I mean, I think that I think the industry is just continuing to change. I think that you're going to always need the big agencies. They're not going to go away, but you're going to mm. continue to see changes there. Um, now, 
for me, I went from big agency to my own boutique agency. Um, and I can tell you from being in the COVID world, there's just so much more of a desire from brands to have that one-on-one consultation. So the way that our team is working now is we're literally an extension of our clients' teams. There's no beginning and end of an agency brand. It's literally like if they all could, they'd all give me email addresses for and our entire team for all of their brands. And we'd have like eight email addresses, which we're not going to do. But the level of bringing us in versus how it was before brand agency, sometimes mm-hmm. they, would, they wouldn't call you a partner. They'd call you a vendor. That would drive me bonkers. But like, I think that the, the extent of just wanting the ongoing counsel and the senior people needing to do the work, like to your point about being top heavy in some of these organizations, like me being a senior communications advisor, they're buying me to advise the CEO and my team to help execute the work. But the days of where the strategist came in and just thought and left and that was their role, I don't know how some of that's going to continue because there's just not the cost to support it anymore. Yeah. And yeah. I mean, and I'm seeing like major fortune 500 companies are literally like, I want people are going to show value and do the work. I have a couple of RFPs even coming in, in the new year, again, big agency, they want to have, they, the person in house said to me, I told them that this is what you can do and this is what we need. And it's not about an agency. It's about having the right people at the table to serve as an extension of our team. It's echoing back now. So will we always have big agencies? Yes. But yes. I think the models are just so changing that I don't know how the cost gets sustained. Yeah, no, absolutely. And we, we're hearing the same. And obviously, you know, the, 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 the sad part of all of this is, is the number of furloughs and redundancies that are happening continuously continuing to happen as well um but along with that i think with all the, the these things that are changing um the number of that sort of the next wave of launches that seem to be happening almost every day yeah. i think that's quite interesting but that's that you know i hate that word that pivot word because i think so overused but it's that's that you know th- there is something new emerging out of this um and and uh, you, you almost have to think, as you said, you, you are an optimist, as am I, is that out of all of this, I and mean, we can't get any shittier than this, can it? One would hope not. Uh, one would hope I'm not, not going to comment because I'm <laughs> the one that didn't think the pandemic was going to happen. I was I on think vacation. All of us. <laughs> I, I think like, the first, no way. yeah, the first lockdown, I think, what was it, for six weeks? And we all kind of like, the, the very British way of tut-tutting, everyone tut-tutted here and said, oh, six weeks, as if, It'd just go away, wouldn't it? Something will sort of blow it sort of away uh, into the air. Uh, but here we are figuring out exactly what next. I, I It's uh, beyond anyone's wildest dreams what has gone on. I cannot wait for this year to be over. I mean, being a lifetime New Yorker and the fact that no one will be in Times Square this year at New Year's Eve is insane. Yes. I mean, and no amount of predictions could have, have predicted this. Well, I'm, I'm a big, I'm really into astrology and I look, I read this one astrologer every day and she's awesome and she's always right. And I made a joke to someone at the time. I'm like, she didn't call this. No, she did. Well, you know, that's, that, that might be one good thing about this is I think we will finally see the back of 
the pundits. Because in the last few years, and I'm not talking about astrology, but even I know in the industry, oh my God, the number of sort of soothsayers and pundits who would sort of say, oh, uh, the predictions. I mean, I think this might have taught us a lesson not to predict. I agree. Yeah. I'm going to, I'm going to ask you a couple of last questions, lightning round, and then I will let you go. But this, I, we could talk forever. So this is, this is great. <laughs> I know it's in the middle of your day on your side. So 2021 in a word, what do you hope for? Uh, better than 2020. Uh, <laughs> really. Um, I think it is it is a moment of reckoning. Uh, that's not not one word, I suppose. But I I also uh, I don't know whether you want to say it from the from from business point of view. But I suppose you know sort of from the industry point of view, and you know when when both of us started, and perhaps even before that, agencies brands they never sold stuff. They never did. It wasn't stuff they were selling. They were selling dreams. They were selling adventure. They were selling experiences, belonging, growth, you know, esteem, identity, all those kinds of things. And I think that is coming back. Well, I hope that is coming back because that obviously would make uh, make our industry that much better because it kind of, you know, with with... I mean, we could talk about this for ages, but all the woes of ad tech and data and how we got sucked in with everything shiny. Um, I think, but working out what we sell and that would become so fundamental to our own truths as an, as an industry, kind of figuring out what, how, how do we keep sort of people engage and, you know, what, what, are the, what are the kind of emotions what is the thing that we are trying to change as well? I think that there's, there might be some very profound lessons for all of us, obviously not just for business, but even, even uh, individually. However, having said that, I think humans, we never learn from history, do we? No, um, we don't. We do it no. again. Yes, we'll do it. Okay. Again. What is the one piece of advice you would give yourself in 2021? jump don't be afraid and I think I've been I've been not that I've been afraid but I think I've been coasting I or oh, I had been coasting for a while this is exciting and scary at the same time as you would you would know from starting your own business you know do have sleepless nights so I think I would tell myself to jump more I had a friend of mine tell me recently when some things, some things, some good things recently happened, she said, appreciate the journey. It might not have started the way you wanted, but that's the journey and how you get there yeah, that's very is, good is just, just be, be appreciative of the journey. Yeah. Last, last thing for fun. What is your new year's resolution? Oh my God. I never, ever make new year resolutions because I'm so bad. Why did I, I know that? <laughs> I never, ever follow those through. Um, uh, and also, I think if I say it out loud, it will jinx it. Um, I, um, but I haven't even made one, I don't think. that There is one long-standing one, which I have every single year, but I never, I still haven't done it. Uh, so I'm not saying it. <laughs> I don't have one. 
Well, my friend, thank you for joining me on my podcast. I was thrilled to have you. I am so excited to see what you guys do at the Creative Salon. And um, let's please get together soon because I miss you. Oh, I miss you too, Jen. This was so much fun. And thank you so much. This is an honor. So thank you for having me and, and letting me talk about the business and, and me. Oh, I so love thank it. You. Thank you. Thank you, yeah. Jen. Thank you for tuning into The Sway Effect, our new podcast series from our network of innovators, disruptors, movers, and shakers that are changing the marketing and communications industry today. So let's sway together. Please like, review, and subscribe to all things that we're doing. Check out our new website at www.theswayeffect.com and follow us on LinkedIn at The Sway Effect.